everyone. Welcome to You Need to See This, an every other weekly film podcast about filling the gaps in our collective cinematic experience. I'm Bree, and I'm joined by my co-host. Hi, Cozy. Hello, everybody. Hi, everyone. Uh, thanks for listening. Uh, we are comedians, writers, filmmakers, and we are getting the band back together. <gasps> yeah. You didn't know you were in a band with me, but but you are, and we're getting we're getting back together. This is great news. I have so many fucking tambourines that are just full of dust. Oh my gosh! And I only play the triangle, so it's going to be a uh, kind of a cacophonous band. But we'll get I'm through it. We'll figure it, it out. Noise Every episode, <laughs> noise pop. Yes, I love it. Um, every episode, uh, one of us tries to convince the other and you all, the audience, that they need to see a specific film, and we do it with no spoilers. That's right. None whatsoever. You're welcome. Yes, unless by complete accident, and then we uh, then we get time out or something. That's right. Um, we get put into a penalty box, and we have to watch the movie Goon over and over again. It's a good movie. That's not a penalty. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, but uh, but we don't want to watch the same thing over and over again because we want to make room for more movies that we haven't seen. Right, like Goon Two, which I think I haven't seen yet. <laughs> I have also never seen that. Uh, <laughs> and today uh, we are actually joined by uh, a guest, um, my friend and also someone on my sketch team, Ezra Parter. How are you doing, Ezra? Hi, I'm good. I've seen both Goon and Goon 2 and they're both great. Goon obviously is like, okay, maybe not obviously. Goon is like fantastic. <laughs> Goon yeah. 2 is good. Okay, that's yeah. good um, to know. That's Goon to know. Um, yeah. Goon to know, yes. <laughs> oh, Thanks for having it. me, y'all. Absolutely. Yeah. Thanks for being here. Been a while. Nice to hear your voice again. Yeah, yours too. Aw, too kind. Bria, I hear every week, but I'm also happy to hear it. Oh, I, I thought, yeah, I thought that was going to go in, the, in another direction. Like, yeah, I hear Bria every week and boring. <laughs> <laughs> yes. No, no. It's good to hear your voice and not see your face. Just kidding. <laughs> yeah, this is different. This is different. <laughs> We're on Zencaster, not Zoom, so I can't see you. Yeah, yeah. Very different experience. Um, oh, faces. No thank you, faces. Not a fan. <laughs> <laughs> so much nicer to be in an audio medium. <laughs> it is nice. I really do like, uh, you know, just looking like, like you know, just not brushing my hair and just sort of sitting on a computer. And I, I feel like I always, like, put on deodorant for Zoom, even though I know no one can smell me. <laughs> me too. I've but done I, that since the beginning of the pandemic. I'm like, I am weird for doing this, but I'm doing this every time. That's so yeah. great you got in that habit because as soon as I started going back out in the world, I was like, oh, right, I have to put deodorant on. <laughs> oh, right. I would get places and have to buy more. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm at a point where I need to buy, like, new pajama top and new pajama bottoms, but because I'm not seeing anybody during the times when I'm wearing them, I'm like, holes are fine, whatever. <laughs> oh my gosh. It, I was thinking, I was like, yeah, I guess if you were wearing your pajamas all the time, it's like you get wear and tear, even though you normally don't do anything in pajamas. But... Yeah, I'm working from home, so I'm getting a lot of wear and tear on these pajamas. <laughs> yeah. Boy, howdy. Uh, so uh, Ezra I, and I know each other from being on Fever together. Um mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, I kind of wanted to ask uh, about, I, I saw that you were in a music video recently, um, and I sort of wanted to ask about how that experience went. Yeah, I've been really lucky with a little, a couple of jobs this this year so far, and two of them were music videos. One was a Charlie Puth music video, um, and one was for Jack Harlow, and the Jack Harlow one, it was the one that you're talking about, it was this week, it was... Um, uh, it was it was cool, and well, what's crazy about it is Kanye West tweeted about it <laughs> using a picture of me. 
Wow, that's very amazing. Specific. It's insane. I, I can't believe it happened. I'm uh, really, uh, this is two days ago and I'm still in shock. I'm just glad Kanye West is tweeting about anything other than his situation right now. That's exactly, uh, I'm that's like, if, that you my, yeah, if you can distract him from Kim, I'm happy. I'm like, that's, that's, right. that's good work. That's doing the Lord's work. Yeah. You took away from the Pete Davidson, Kim Kardashian headlines. Yeah. For that's right. Oh, that's great. That's like, that's, so, that's an angel move. <laughs> yeah. He, he did it because he, he loved the song so much. Jack's song and uh, Jack Harlow's song. And I, I agree. It was, it was a great song. It was, it was we listened to one part on repeat for the scene that i was in um and that was like i liked it at first and then it was like okay i've had enough of this but then hearing the whole song together it was like no this is cool this 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 hits it's good that's great is it i have no idea what he sounds like i assume it's tambourine and uh noise pop Uh, no, it's, it's, it's definitely a modern rap song, um, uh, with like a heavy beat. That's really good. And, uh, yeah. And he's got, there's this part that, the, that they were, that they, we, I was a part of the airport airport set for him. Uh, I was a TSA agent. And then also there were like all these people in line and he had them all like, like basically beatbox the beat, but completely deadpan. I love that. It looked really cool in the video when they did it, when they cut to it, it worked really well. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Ooh. Yeah, I just watched the video actually before before doing this and it, it it's good. It's a and the song is good. And I'm not like, you know, I I hadn't heard of this person before honestly. Like I don't know. Who, who <laughs> I didn't either. But. For both of these, when I got them, uh, I told my uh, my girlfriend that I had got like a music video opportunity, and she's like, "Oh, for who?" And I said, "Charlie Puth," and she's like, "Oh my god!" And I'm like, well, "Who is that?" And she's like, "Look him up." And so mm-hmm. I did, and then the same thing happened for Jack Harlow. She's like, "That's the white rapper right now." I'm like, "Okay, yeah, all right." <laughs> oh, that's wonderful. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah, she knows more than me about stuff. I just know like Lil Dicky, and I was like, "Oh yeah," I mean, that's like as far as like you know. <laughs> yeah, I assume yeah. everyone is Hoodie Allen. <laughs> <laughs> the name is still so funny to me. It's a great name. It's such it a great name. <laughs> uh, I so I live next to the El Rey, basically, like right near the El Rey, and I feel like that's the type of person who would end up at the El Rey, and I'd be like, I don't know who this is, but this giant line of people seem to know. Hmm. Wow! Yeah. That's crazy. I, I feel like uh, I used to like in college. I knew a lot about what music was happening because all of my friends had different musical interests, mm-hmm. but they all had like they were all on top of it, and we all shared, you know. And then yeah. uh, <laughs> after college, it just I just like had picked my songs that I liked, and that's still what I listen to, and <laughs> I don't really care what else is out there. Right, uh, <laughs> those folks. That is exactly how I am now. I'm like, oh, I get it. I am an old now because I'm yeah, like, I exactly. have my taste in music and you can't change my mind. And oh. I, I listen to the same like 10 albums over and over. And I'll, I'll listen to new music here and there, but I definitely just like enjoy the music that I enjoyed, you know, 10 years ago. So I'm yeah, sure. absolutely. I like the new stuff from the artists I used to like. That's right. like, that's the, the most experimenting I do. Or like when somebody else in, in life is like, bringing new music to me i love that but oh that's my yeah that's one of my favorite things to do for people i'm all about new stuff i am addicted to new music but i'm also in an avalanche phase right now where i'm just like there's too much i don't know what i liked before so i I thought you meant the avalanches yes that's what i was thinking (laughs) i love them frontier psychiatrist that's right Mm Uh, yeah. So Ezra, what is your sort of like movie taste and your, your history and in, in, in watching films? Like, uh, what's like the first movie you saw? 
Oh man, the first movie I saw. Yeah. The first movie you remember seeing? Yeah, that's a good. Well, I definitely. I think the first movie I saw in theaters was Lion King. That at least that I remember was the Lion King. Oh, nice. Um, um. I posed but, in front of a picture of uh, the French poster for that in fourth grade, Le Roi de Lyon. <laughs> Le Roi de Lyon. <laughs> That's cool. Do you still have that picture? I definitely have that picture. Absolutely. That's I'll great. have to send it to you. Um, That's awesome. So that's definitely like <laughs> one of the first I saw in fourth grade, so pretty old. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah. I think I mine know. was Space Jam. Space Ooh, Jam? Oh, nice. Yeah. Good choice. I love it. Nice. I also, I for sure went and saw Toy Story in theaters too as a kid. Oh, so um, but like the movies that I watched at home with my parents or with my friends were mostly like this, the movie we're doing today, which I don't know if I'm allowed to say yet. No, um, don't you dare. Not, not yet. yet. Okay, I won't. Uh, <laughs> and, then, um, and then like every Mel Brooks movie, my dad had them all. Oh, uh, he yes. loves Mel Brooks. I totally grew up on Mel Brooks. Oh my God. History of the World Part One on repeat for me all the time. Yes, yeah. me too. Oh, I love that movie. Oh, so good. We did that on an episode a while ago. Folks, listen, nice. check it out. That's some good Yeah, I'll have to go listen to it. That's great. Oh, it was so fun. To I haven't seen that, oh, so I need so to watch fun. that. I've seen all, uh, pretty much all the other Mel Brooks ones, though. Oh, nice. Yeah, I still haven't seen The Producers, meanwhile. Oh, <laughs> mm, you got to. That's great. Yeah. It really is great. I mean, yeah, it's – it's it's. Uh, I'm blanking on his name right now, which is really upsetting. But, uh, Gene um, Wilder? Gene Wilder, thank you. Wilder, yeah, Gene, Gene Wilder just – you can't do better than Gene Wilder at any of the roles that he's played. And oh, he's a like, like, absolutely, yeah. absolutely, such a like a a gem of an actor and so talented and like just really gets into every single role. A hundred percent. Blazing Saddles is what I like. I think knew him from first. Um, oh, sure. And then it's like from there you get into the Willy Wonkas and and the uh, the producers and everything else. It's God, he's great. Young Frankenstein oh. is my favorite Mel Brooks. Young Frankenstein, yes. And, and also my favorite Gene Wilder movie, I mm. think. Well, I don't know. That's hard. I mean, he's great in everything, but Young Frankenstein was one of the movies that I watched a lot when I was a kid. Another yeah, one that too. I watched for the podcast. Ooh. Nice. Wow. Yeah, I'd never this seen is a Mel Brooks before. podcast, it turns out. I know, <laughs> yeah. right? A lot, of, a lot of Brooks fans on here. No surprise there. <laughs> Mm. <laughs> beautiful thing yes. yeah and then like as far as movies i watch now it's I, I i try to watch whatever comedy comes out just it's they're not always good but i i like to <laughs> know what's going on um i love a good uh mystery and i i tr- i'm trying to write fantasy so i watch a lot of the fantasy sci-fi stuff that happens too but mm. uh uh but the movie i just saw most recently is murder on the nile Oh, and I don't yeah. no spoilers, but it is good. I have a question about that movie. Or Death on the Nile, excuse me. Oh yeah, sure. Um yeah. is that is that a remake of like an old movie, I assume? So or? it's a the the it's a like a, a a they're following the same character that they followed from uh that that, that did the investigation on um the Oriental, the Orient Express, mm-hmm. Murder on the Orient Express. There we go. Which okay. is an Agatha Christie book. This is also an Agatha Christie book. Oh, and they they use they did make a Murder on the Orient Express in the past, but I don't think they made a Death on the Nile before. Hmm. Okay, that makes sense to me. I was like, this feels old in some way. It this has to be old. Yeah. It's, yeah. Murder on the Orient Express came out. I feel like it wasn't that long ago, right? Or a remake of it, or was that? Yeah, there was a remake with these with the same Poirot. 
um, yeah, Kenneth right. Branagh, mm-hmm. who's like, he's also like directing and producing these movies. He must love Agatha Christie. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and he's great as Poirot. It's really good. Um, uh, but that was like, yeah, I think right before the pandemic, that one came out. And then that's right. Then this yeah. one now. And that Weird. one was pretty yeah. good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and the Agatha Christie books are good too. Like I've read, I haven't read all of them, but I've read, uh, and then there were none. And then I've read, yeah. Murder on the Orient Express. I don't think I've read this one. Is it anything like Encyclopedia Brown? <laughs> <laughs> I don't. What's a, I don't know what, what's Encyclopedia Brown. I don't know what that is. Oh, that's um, that's like a, a little like a young kid solving mysteries in sort of like a, a way where at the end of the book you see the answer to the riddle or the mystery. Um, you know, it's very like Hardy Boys, like uh, uh, all that stuff. Okay. Yeah, Teen Detective. Yeah. Teen Detective. Yes. Um, yeah, I have not. I definitely know that familiar with the Hardy Boys, and um, I keep thinking Wishbone. Oh, sure, I, I love Wishbone. Oh man, <laughs> <laughs> love a little Jack Russell doing detective work. That's very um, fair. And like Boxcar Twins, was that one? The Boxcar Children. Boxcar Children and Bobsy Twins. Those are the two things that I was putting together. I think in my head. <laughs> yeah, nice. I, I don't know if they solved mysteries, but they sure were children's books. Yes. I think that I think the boxcar children like they were just trying to survive in this boxcar they lived in, but the, <laughs> but they also always ran into trouble and had to solve a mystery. That sounds post-apocalyptic. Are you sure there weren't zombies in this? <laughs> they, they I think there the might have been one. <laughs> No, they. I don't remember. It was like they were found in a boxcar and then they were raised on a in like a mansion or something. I don't remember. Exactly. <laughs> no, I think they lived in a boxcar. Oh no. And then one, one book specifically, somebody like tried to adopt them. And then they found out that the guy who was trying to adopt him was, was like, I, it wasn't anything like super dark because it was a kid's book, but like yeah. was somehow bad. And they had to what a prove tragedy. it. Lived in a yeah. boxcar, but raised in a mansion. They're like, we want to live tiny living style. Yeah. <laughs> we <laughs> yeah. want a tiny home. The boxcar children really were the precursor to tiny homes. Oh, yeah. amazing. Yeah. What is the smallest room in this mansion we can live in? Uh, that will be our <laughs> tiny home. Is there a something under like a crawl space? Um, we'll go live out in the back in your magic tree house. Yeah, do you have a magic shed we can live in? <laughs> <laughs> they saw they saw Harry, Harry Potter and like saw the the cupboard he was living in under the stairs, and they were like, "I could do a lot with that space." <laughs> oh no, we could all seven fit in the cupboard. Okay, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> It's a skill. It's a talent. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, clown car, like clowns are the original kind of like uh, kind of new age hipsters who did the tiny living. They're like, we can all fit in a car together. Yes. Oh. Uh, <laughs> uh, Amazing. Well, I wish I had a better transition, but I don't. I was gonna. I felt like when we were talking about the music video, that was a good segue into this. But ah, I'm just gonna was. go for it. Um, <laughs> so uh, today, uh, Ezra and I are gonna try to convince you, Cozy, to watch the Blues Brothers. Yeah. Oh, I've never seen it. This is a 1980 musical comedy, and you definitely need to see it. Ooh. Definitely. Yeah, I mean, speaking of Mel Brooks and classic comedies, this is one that's been on my radar for a long time that I always think I, I like. I saw was playing on Comedy Central. I'm like, eh, meh. <laughs> and then I saw yeah. a million other things on Comedy Central, so I don't know how I missed this one. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's very it's very good. Uh, definitely a classic, I think. Um, and uh, yeah, the synopsis. I'm just. Uh, 
Go for it. Uh, after go the release it. of the Jake Blues from prison, he and brother Elwood, Elwood go to visit uh, the Penguin, who's the last of the nuns that raised them in an orphanage. They, they learn that the only way to keep the place open is if uh, the $5,000 tax on the property is paid. Blues brothers want to help, but the nun will not accept money unless it is made in an honest way. And uh, after seeing the light at a gospel Baptist church service, the Blues brothers have a eureka moment and decide to put their blues band back together and raise the money by staging a big gig. And as they uh, set off on their mission from God, they uh, seem to make more enemies along the way. Oh, my God. <laughs> I have so many questions. His, his last name is Blues? Mm-hmm. Yes. Is this a Mario situation? <laughs> they're, they're literally the Blues Brothers. Yes. Oh my God! There's Jake and, and Elwood Blues, and the Penguin is in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's a Batman crossover. I was uh, gonna say, I love the biting the nose off thing. So, like, sure, I'll see the Penguin. DeVito's great. <laughs> yeah, this nun is played by Danny DeVito. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I I did not. First of all, I did not know how religious this movie was. I'm very surprised. It's, it is and it isn't because yeah. it's like, yeah, like they, they definitely grew up in this orphanage that has a nun in charge of it. But the reason that the nun is like, but I'm not going to take your dirty money is because <laughs> they're thieves and bad guys. So it's, yeah. This right. also sounds a lot like like growing up in a boxcar for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> All these connections are right here. Yeah, the, the orphanage they're trying to save is actually a boxcar. A boxcar orphan. <laughs> Full of orphans. Um, wow, okay. <laughs> this movie's directed by John Landis. Uh, oh. Who uh, directed Coming to America, American Werewolf in London, which is another movie I really like. Ooh, um, I've only seen Paris. Ooh. <laughs> National enough. Lampoon's Animal House, uh, Twilight Zone movie, Spies Like Us. So, yeah, John Landis is pretty uh, prolific oh, in the yeah. directing world. Mm-hmm. Uh, written by Dan Aykroyd and John Landis. Oh. Uh, yeah, from what I understand, it, I think Dan Aykroyd like, wrote wrote it and then had like Landis kind of had to rewrite because it wasn't like quite <laughs> movie structure ready. Was it a sketch? Um, <laughs> it was a sketch. Yes. It was a two hour, two and a half hour long sketch. And they, this, and they were originally mm-hmm. sketch characters on SNL. Uh, I was wondering. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. This is like one of those proto SNL movies, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very like cool. a lot of a, uh, you know, original cast and everything. So it stars Dan Aykroyd as Elwood blues uh, John Belushi as Jake Blues, and then it has a bunch of like real musicians in it, like famous ones. And then the band uh, is also made up of of some talented musicians who I don't know that they're in a lot of other stuff. There's Tom Malone as Tom Bones Malone, and they all use like their real names. How fun! Yeah, they're all like real. Um, they're they're real like band members from big bands at the time. Wow. So like they they were famous. At the time, but so right there, now nobody remembers them. They might remember their bands. I don't remember who's who, but so can you tell yeah. that from their acting style? Is the question? <laughs> they're definitely having fun more than acting. Oh, but I love that. Right. That's much great. better than acting poorly rather than acting. <laughs> yeah, no, it's like I'm like impressed by these non-actors acting because they're not really acting. They don't really have to. There's nothing for like <laughs> their stuff is mostly playing music and being like, oh no, Jake, you know. But like, yeah. they do, <laughs> but they do a it. good job. Oh, and they're, good. And they're okay. very funny. Cool. They are Especially, very funny. Oh, God. The saxophone guy in the Aretha Franklin song. Lou Marini. Lou, Blue yeah. Lou Marini. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, he's so good. He's yeah. So the, they really that. do a great job for, uh, yeah, for not being like, you know, actors. They just have that like natural like band chemistry, though. And like 
and get up on the stage together. And, and it feels, it feels, I think that's what's so good about this movie too, is like, it just feels so like natural. It doesn't, nothing feels forced, even though they're not like, you know, actors, it's because they're just, it's such a music based movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, it's got uh, another musician of who's in bands at the time. Alan Rubin is Mr. Fabulous. Uh, Donald Dunn is Donald Duck Dunn. <laughs> um, and then there's John Candy, uh, Carrie oh, Fisher. Hi. And then we have uh, big musicians like Ray Charles, James Brown, Aretha Franklin, and uh, and more. Yeah, there's a lot, a lot of people. Calloway. Oh, Cab Calloway. Man, it's so good. There's so... We'll get to we'll get to the music land. John Lee right? Hooker, John Lee Hooker, yeah. Oh yep. man, a lot of uh, it's a stars, yeah, star cast. Um, so cozy. How did you? I know you kind of already said it. Like you missed this movie because you would just see it on Comedy Central and just kind of like eh, passed it. Yeah. What year did it come out again? Nineteen eighty. Nineteen eighty. Okay, so I wasn't born when it was in theaters, but I definitely knew that there were a lot of reruns of it on Comedy Central and. I watched so many Comedy Central like movies co- on repeat constantly. Listeners will know I never stopped watching Top Secret over and over again. <laughs> that's uh, great great one. World Part that's one. a great Zaps, one. Zaps, I watched so much. Um, every every 80s comedy involving like nerds versus like rich people or jocks, I saw mm-hmm. a lot um, whenever they were on Comedy Central, like all the Tom Hanks, the old Tom Hanks movies. So, so, so many. Um, And this was one that I always like, I probably saw a clip from watching once, just like flipping through and then another time. But there was never a point where I was like, oh, this movie is starting and I'm about to watch it. So it was always just one that that I always narrowly missed. Hmm. And what about you, Ezra? Oh, man, this is one of the, the movies that like... This movie feels like home to me because my parents both love it. Um, it's uh, like I remember watching it with my dad, with my friends, with my mom, with my parents together, with my sisters. Like I, I've seen this movie probably more than any other movie. Oh, I love that. Um, uh, and like, yeah, just my house, my parents' house is like very blues music oriented. Really? The, the, like that's what they love. They go to New Orleans for the Jazz Fest, which is actually blues music. <laughs> <laughs> um, most, almost like every couple of years they go and – um yeah the, just oh. this music these musicians were always on in my house and were they were, they, were your parents in that in related to that world in any way or they were like super fans no just fans yeah nice. i i don't really quite understand how it happened but i love that because <laughs> they were in israel in the 80s but uh, <laughs> but uh they got back and they're like blues music is <laughs> that's what we're that's what we're into that's amazing um, i love that i've learned so yeah. much about your family and just all of that uh, oh yeah <laughs> I'm trying to I'm trying to figure out how to make a we Jews know the blues uh, love the blues because <laughs> we've been through a lot of stuff so I'm like yeah I can see it I'm on board for Israel and uh, like feeling those blues <laughs> I think so yeah I think yeah that's that's a really good point actually like uh, not actually that's it's, it's a really good point um, c- sorry um, but yeah it's uh, it is it, I feel like there's definitely a connection there uh, sad sad music hits for us yeah oh boy I'll t- sad music in general I will tell you oh yes <laughs> 
Yeah, think, blues. I'm 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 not Jewish, but I'm gonna just be like blues uh, hits uh, for for me when I was a kid, and I was sad about stuff, but definitely not on the same level. So uh, no, understandable, though. Absolutely. Oh. I see. I've never been a big blues person. I've just been a very big sad music person. Like I'm, yeah. I'm like modern sad. Oh sure, yeah. Everything I listen to now is like uh, blues, blues rock, blues based. You know, okay, uh, it's. Yeah. Yeah, it all like, like uh, black the keys. black keys are, are are blues rock, but Jack White for sure. Okay. But like the, the black keys uh, frontman Dan Auerbach. I know this is we're supposed to do mu- movies, not music, oh, but you're real fine. quick. Uh, <laughs> we talked about punk Dan, all Dan the time Auerbach. <laughs> yeah, good. Dan, Dan Auerbach is the frontman for the Black Keys, and then he had his own band called the Arcs that is just like blues rock it's so good and i can listen to them forever and then he also produced this album with dr john from new orleans who's like new orleans blues legend and it's one of my favorite albums locked down uh i can't get enough of this modern blues stuff Yeah, that's awesome. I think I saw it just as a, it was something my parents or my dad specifically, my dad was kind of like my movie guy and Mm -hmm. uh, he watched this a lot. And so I kind of just like naturally was watching it with them, but it was definitely one that I think I had seen a lot as a kid. Um, And sort of just sort of like, it just, I feel like when you watch movies as kids, they kind of just like stick a little bit more than even when you watch, even like a movie you love as an adult that you've watched over and over again. There's just something about like the nostalgia of it that like it's way easier for me to, to just pick up this movie and, and want to rewatch it over and over again. And it's amazing. So, yeah, I totally agree. I, I feel like I don't really have movies from adulthood that I, I rewatch, but the movies from the movies that I watched as a kid that really hit for me, like this one, Mel Brooks movies. Uh, I like, I could watch them over and over again and be happy forever. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, cozy, what is your uh, first impression of this movie? My first impression of this movie is, a couple things. I'm I'm not a blues person, not a fan. Uh, doesn't do anything for me. I'm just going to be straight up honest about it. <gasps> I know. It's a lot. Uh, I'm a big punk guy. I like angular music that uh, turns in weird directions. I like math rock that has like pattern repetition variation. Um, and I like, I like sad people, but modern sad people. So it's not mm. quite in my lane. But on, on the level of it being a comedy... Um, I'm definitely interested, you know, Landis has a lot of stuff. Aykroyd, I always liked his stuff. And I don't don't think I've seen any Belushi movies. Like, that's a Whoa. really big hole in mm. my background. Like, I never saw Animal House. I assume he was in other movies. <laughs> I think I only could think of Animal House. But, yeah, what yeah, are other Belushi movies? <laughs> and most, mostly SNL, right? Which I didn't watch um, back then. I was more like a, a Farley Spade SNL. Yeah, that's that's definitely true. He was so far as his movies go. I mean, this one and Animal House are definitely the top two that I think of. Those are the ones um, that I think of too. And then just SNL, like the skits, like the Blues Brothers sketches, like the Killer Bees one. I remember. And yeah. Like, yeah. So it's just like it's definitely like a gaping hole in my comedy history. So I'm like, I'm interested in filling that gap. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, definitely. Uh, what was I going to say? Yeah. I I feel like, um, I feel like this movie, even if you're not like a blues person, like Mm -hmm. I always try to think of it. It's like blues is sort of the basis for so much of any rock. Like it's kind of like if it was a tree, you know, it branches out into even, yeah, you go into punk rock and math rock and there's sort Mm -hmm. of like a root of blues. So I'm like, Mm -hmm. that's where I think, uh, 
even if you're not a blues person, just it, seeing seeing these legends kind of is exciting to me, uh, regardless of, of your interest in, in the genre. Yeah, that makes sense to me. Definitely. Mm-hmm. I mean, especially like, I feel like um, specifically Aretha Franklin and Ray mm. Charles are funny in this movie. Oh, I love um, that. Uh, yes. And to see them as people as well as as musicians in the movie is really cool. I mean, they, they're they're both there for their songs, mm-hmm. but like Aretha specifically gets to have like a little bit of a character arc, uh, not arc, but like I don't know. She she's she's in there for more than just her song. And then Ray in his scene is funny. Um, yes, he is very funny. I, I think cool. it's great. <laughs> yeah, when he tries to when he's selling the keyboard and yeah. Uh, and he's like, oh, and I'll sell it for two thousand dollars. The black keys, uh, and I'll I'll throw in the black keys for free. Yeah, I mean, as a as a music person in general, who's like very obsessed with music, I I think I could appreciate that on that level too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you will. <laughs> um, so I guess uh, to just get started, the reasons why um, I love this film. Um, I'll start with my first reason, and that is the music legends. Um, for me, that's just like a big sell. It's like it has so many musicians that have passed away and that like you don't get to see in this sort of context outside of just like videos of them performing music live. And it's just like a fun sort of interesting way to see them perform their music with a bunch of like comedy legends, too. Absolutely. I have that on my list, too. Um, uh, I put the in lowercase and then music legends in all caps. Uh, <laughs> uh, and like it goes beyond uh, uh, Aretha Franklin and, and Ray Charles are like the top of the bill. Right. But then you get to like Cab Calloway, who's like a main character who you don't you like you don't or at least I didn't recognize him off the bat because mm. he comes in as just like the janitor at the at the the uh the, the orphanage. orphanage thank you i was like nunnery no that's not right um, <laughs> <laughs> at the orphanage and now like, <laughs> yeah car, so, yes. <laughs> so he's like he's like a, a funny character and then you're like oh wait that's like this renowned blues musician cap calloway that's crazy mm-hmm. uh, and he sings mini the moocher which he's oh, it's so good yes um, that reminds yeah. me it's funny that reminds me a little bit of um documentary now you know, that series from mm, Lorne Michaels, yeah. he yes. was like pulling in all Love these super big music people. And Lorne Michaels seems to have always had these giant, insane music connections and been fans Definitely. of Beat- like friends with Beatles and stuff. And I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. And there's always just such a crossover with music and comedy in general. It feels like a lot of comedians are also musicians and mm-hmm. also and like other way around, like musicians trying out uh, <laughs> comedy. Like there's, uh, you know, I guess it's all... Time, like yeah. completely different things, but you know, creative. It's all about timing. Yeah, it's performance, no, totally. emotion, I'm, energy, improv. Like yeah, it's all there. My favorite stand-up comedian is John Mayer. There you go. <laughs> I've heard he's very funny, but I've never, <laughs> never heard his jokes though. <laughs> I haven't either. I am kidding. Oh, thank, <laughs> I was, thank good. I was wondering because I know he's also dipped into stand-up, and he's like, he, yeah. he really does seem to like comedy a lot. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't know a, if he's it, good at it though. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I've seen one video and he was not good. Oh, God. I, I thought maybe it had been more uh, – uh, w- that video was more widely known, so it would have been a clear joke. But It probably is <laughs> for me, honestly. I think it's been funny on TikTok. I think I've seen a couple TikToks from John Mayer that were funny, but oh, also right. in the okay. sense that, like, it's not that hard when you're, like, a famous celebrity to be funny on TikTok because you're just kind of, like, rehashing somebody else's, like, template for something. So it's, yeah, like, totally. You're just, like, making a meme. That's what he's – I'm like, yeah, he makes funny memes. 
basically. Yeah. It's, it's, it's interesting to see people who are like somewhat outside of it, like really being into it. I don't, it's, it's also like people who are obsessed with comedy, but aren't in comedy. Like, um, what's his name? The guy from, oh no, why do I always forget? This is terrible. Uh, the advertising show. The advertising show? Uh, Mad Men? Mad John Hamm? Yeah, John oh, Hamm, oh. his obsession with comedy. And he's always like, I think I'm going to try being in a comedy. I'm going to do some comedy stuff now. It's always kind of adorable. <laughs> he, uh, yeah. he was on um, Comedy Bang Bang in the early days and was always very funny. I Not love all, that. It doesn't all hold up, so don't go look for it. But like, sure. <laughs> uh, but very funny. He would do um, – he would do – versions of nick kroll characters back at nick kroll that's that kind of wonderful i loved that I that's wonderful <laughs> yeah, yeah i enjoyed john hammond unbreakable kimmy schmidt too that's yeah, what i'm watching right yeah. now yeah uh no i think that's what this movie like the speaking of just like to add on to the whole music legends things is it's not like they're not like shoehorned in like it's not like oh this is a blues movie let's like throw these like big famous musicians in here like they're right. all like kind of like what Ezra mentioned like they have like little kind of stories and the characters like yeah Cab Calloway I had no idea was like a music legend until that when I first saw this until that last scene and then like mm-hmm. learning about him after the fact I was like oh um and every single person in this musician in this movie has like an important like they all kind of like fit naturally into the story yeah That's it's, it's really like well woven hmm. yeah um, so, uh, my second reason is somewhat related to the music legends, but the choreography of this movie, like the, all the mm. dance sequences, um, <laughs> are really, really fun. And they have like so many people in this movie. Like, I don't know what the budget is, but, uh, <laughs> I'm sure it's insane. I'm kind of curious to see what it is, but, yeah, uh, I mean, just all the people in the, in the music hall at the end who just like, and just like they pour in, there's like the... Uh, minor 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 spoiler here but they're like uh no it's too big of a spoiler Um, (laughs) but just like yeah people just pour into the music hall and it's 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 wildly funny and then the uh the biggest chase scene in oh no wait hold on uh uh, that's one of my things should should i say it now um yeah go for it because i also have a a, the car stuff as one of my reasons so go for it i'll just tag on to yours going off of what you said about the budget like this is they have literally the biggest car chase scene ever at the time um and i think it was the biggest car chase scene until like fast and the furious movies oh wow um where there's like it's like a four it's like a 40 to 50 police car pileup at one point. Oh, wow. um, <laughs> just like driving through the streets of Chicago. The, somehow um, Jake and Elwood's car can like do flips when it needs to. And like, <laughs> uh, and the police just can't catch him and they're all hitting each other. And like, I, I don't know how they managed to get that many cars and <laughs> damage them all. It's ridiculous. <laughs> it looks like a, like it looks like somebody had like a, a massive like hot wheel set and just like, just crash them all together because that's how many uh-huh. cars. It's it's insane how Maybe many cars are done crashed. In miniature. <laughs> Problem. Mm, I, I know I some parts. Definitely one part. <laughs> yeah, there's one part I'm thinking of in particular that I'm like that had to have been a miniature. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there's just no way it could have physically been done uh, as a real real thing. Yeah. Um, but I think like all the the police cars that hit each other and like pile up. That's all got to be real because. There's like people climbing out of them and stuff. Oh wow! Yes. Were they miniature people? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> very, very, very tiny people, one inch tall. 
<laughs> yes, it's the it's the the Nazi's car that I'm thinking of that has to be the miniature. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Why am I getting a Dukes of Hazard vibe from this movie all of a sudden? There is a little bit of that. It definitely has the Dukes of Hazardy uh, car chase. Not anything else about Dukes of Hazard, but um. yeah, it's that's that's one of my reasons. Yeah, it's like car stunts. There's just so many insane. Like they put the camera on like the front of a lot of these cars, so you get these really like action heavy sequences of like. Of just like, oh man, it's just amazingly like coordinated and and mm-hmm. yeah, speaking of choreography, it ties into that reason too. It's it like totally does. Like not even just dance choreography, but just the way that they've like sort of planned out these shots and, and having these cars kind of like just bare barely missing these cop cars and, and how they're driving mm-hmm. this like uh the the brothers are driving like this, you know, old sedan, uh Dodge sedan and it's just like doing like crazy impossible maneuvers, but the way that they just like choreograph the entire uh, car chase. Uh, there's several of them throughout the movie, but there's they uh, drive a, a a cop car, an old cop car that yes. um, Elwood got like. Well, like one of the, the the opening scene, Jake is like, "What are we driving?" And Elwood's like, "I got an old cop car." <laughs> yes. it's, it's like I don't that didn't play as a joke right there, but in the movie, it's so funny. Mm. Uh, <laughs> right. Oh, speaking of car stunts, yeah, there's um, uh, it's just a great part of like they're he's kind of like uh, shitting on the fact that he got this. They got rid of their old car, um, and when he gets out of uh, prison, he's kind of like, "Oh, like what is this piece of junk?" and <laughs> To prove the point that it's like a cool, it's got cop suspension, cop, what does he say? Cop suspension, cop brakes, cop cop shocks. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, It's like you see this sort of car just like flying off impossibly like on this opening bridge. And and (laughs) it's just, uh, oh my gosh. Okay, well, this ties into I can't remember the name of the bridge in Chicago, but the bridge is opening up and they don't want to wait for it. And Jake's like, we're in a hurry. This is how are we going to get stuck in traffic? And Elwood's like. I got it. And just like floors it. And they, and they literally fly over the gap. Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, and that's not a spoiler. Cause it happens in the first like 10 minutes. Oh, sure. Right. Um, <laughs> it's before the, yeah. Before the inciting incident really. Yeah. Um, and then also like, that's a, a ties into my next reason too, is like right after that landing. Um, it's just like the deadpan humor in this movie is like, mm. It's amazing. Like in the midst of all this like crazy yeah. action, like they land on the other side of that bridge and mm-hmm. uh, Elwood's like, so what, what do you think? Is this the new uh, Bluesmobile? And he, uh, uh, Jake lights his cigarette and is like, yeah, you need to fix the cigarette lighter because he threw out the cigarette lighter before they even went on the bridge. <laughs> And it's just so calm, like everything in this movie, like the humor in the midst of all these crazy car chases is like, it's so perfect. Yeah, the dynamic between the two brothers is like, it's just two guys who are like, everything's going to be fine at all times. But they're like, they never get worked up uh, until they really do at one point. But uh, <laughs> but, <laughs> but like, it's just like the, exactly what Bree's saying. The calm deadpan is so, so effective. Oh, I like that. That's cool. Interesting. Yeah, I feel like it's been a while for me since I've seen good deadpan. I might be wrong on that, but I don't know. I don't think about it as often as I used to, so... I think I'm mm-hmm. missing out. I huh. think that's what, yeah, for me, that's like the, my, my fourth reason was, uh, is the deadpan humor because it's mm-hmm. like, a, um, it's such a genre blending movie. Like it's comedy, it's musical, it's action, yeah. but like that humor kind of is like the sort of like perfect way to weave it all together because like, uh, it's just, I'm thinking of an, another chase scene. Basically there, um, 
in a mall and they're like making comments <laughs> about the mall um, yeah. as they're going through this car chase. So oh, like, got a sale like, at Zales. Yeah. Ooh, <laughs> baby clothes. Wow. Oh. This place has everything. And then there, meanwhile, there's like <laughs> dozens fun. of cop cars going after them. That's a good time. Uh, yes. driving, the driving through the mall one, it, it's a, it's all part of the same chase scene as the the multi car pileup that I mm-hmm. was talking about before, and it's like like I said, it's it's the biggest car chase scene ever. Not just because of the number of cars that pile up, but because they go from location to location to location. It's so long, <laughs> it's amazing. But the mall part is probably my favorite. Um, well, I've kind of lost the, where we are in our reasons because they've sort of like jumped back and forth. And, and uh, <laughs> yeah, um, you've given four, I think. I've I've given um, my number one was the Music Legends. My number two was the biggest car chase scene ever, uh, as of the eighties, at least. Um, uh, number three for me is they fight Nazis. Okay, nice. Yes. There, you might not think that there's any reason for there to be Nazis in this movie, but it makes perfect sense. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because the Nazis, fighting Nazis the reason, makes a lot of sense to me. <laughs> yeah, the reason that they have to jump that bridge is because there's a Nazi rally happening uh, and it's blocking traffic. <laughs> um, so then when they do that, they they accidentally like get they like make trouble with the Nazis, and then the Nazis are after them. In addition to at, at some at one point in this movie, they've got like. The Nazis after them, the police after them, the, the owner of the country band that they, yeah, they <laughs> pretend to be a country band at one point and just go up and play blues. Um, uh, and they, then, then they get paid. And then the country band that didn't get paid is like chasing after them. So these three factions are all chasing them. Uh, it's, it's like. Uh, and a mystery woman. And a mystery woman who is my number. Uh, what did I say? Three before this is my number four is insane. Carrie Fisher. Um, and she's just trying to kill them. And she tries so hard in so many ways. And every single way should succeed and it doesn't. And it's great. <laughs> yes. I don't want to give any spoilers on that. No. And she also works at a salon with a gr- very great like pun uh, pun name for her. The Oh, really? Salon. I forgot about that. What is it? The curl, curl Up and Die. It's like a hair salon. <laughs> oh, that's and so it's, Yeah. And it's a, it, it fits well with, I think, uh, the character. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think everybody should love Carrie Fisher for for a lot of the things she's done. But this is, I mean, maybe it's one of my earliest exposures to her. But it's also one of my favorite. She's it, she doesn't do that much, but every scene she's in, she's amazing. Yeah, it's funny, Carrie Fisher. I I feel like I haven't really seen her in anything. It's weird. Like she's she's outside of my outside of my uh, history. I would say I don't know if I've seen her in anything. I'm like looking through her stuff right now, just being like, no, 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 no. Star Wars? Never saw it. Cozy. Really? I, yeah, no, God, no. No. Oh my very, gosh, I'm adding that to my list right now. No, you're not, because this is a very anti Star I'm very anti Star Wars. Oh, she oh, was in Drop Dead Red, okay. <laughs> yeah, I, lo- I love Drop Dead Fred, so that's good info. No, I'll never watch any Star Wars anything. I'm like, oh my gosh. since I was a kid, I've left things that had playing star wars in them wow yeah, is there a reason or is it just because like um yeah because everybody loved it and it was incredibly mainstream and mm. if people were talking about things i usually didn't want to uh mm. they they've i felt very over them very quickly um and then they felt like they were sort of being pushed in my face and i was like cool well here's an even bigger reason to avoid this mm. um so yeah i just always hated it and Never had any interest in seeing it. And then at some point that kind of calmed down and I still had no interest, but it was still a point of pride. And now I'm just like, eh, no interest. 
Right. Now you've gone Bernie. long enough without knowing, without with, with facing with people being like, oh my God, you've never seen it that you can deal with the, with now, never seeing it. Now and, I'm at more people who are like, eh, you're fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like it's kind it of is, jumped that hump. I think like the, the modern ones since the two, since the, like the prequels, it's made it like less cool and unique. Yeah. Um, but the original trilogy was like so cool and unique. That's what I think for um, the, for the uh, effects alone, personally, it's like just the what they were able to pull off at the time before we had computer graphics and everything. It's uh, it's pretty wild. Yeah, I believe yeah. it. Um, but anyway, Blues Brothers. <laughs> yes, I'm Carrie Fisher's character in this is <laughs> what I said. I'm disappointed, but yes. I knew it. That's actually the big. Fear. That's actually another reason why I never saw them is because I really love that reaction that people have when they're like, <laughs> "You haven't seen Indiana Jones." And stuff like like that's part of why we started the podcast is because <laughs> my my one of my former co-hosts was like that, and then he's like, "No, we need to do a podcast about about this where one person is reacting and the other person is like doing that." And I'm like, "Yes, I would love to be a troll and just like <laughs> ruin every movie fan's day constantly." Oh my god, <laughs> one Are of you my a- favorite feelings. Have you seen Indiana Jones at least? Or no. what, is that something you are staunchly against also? I've never seen Indiana Jones, but I don't really care. I'm not super against it. I just don't care either way. Same with Titanic. Okay. Same with um, like Die Hard. Like I could go on and on. I got a big list of the classics that I was like, nah, we're good. Gremlins, oh my gosh. Goonies. <laughs> Ooh, Goonies is my next one. Too. I am pretty psyched for that, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, uh. I'm back to the future. Like... Most of those are movies that I would see now because I'm like, sure, why not? I don't really have anything against it. I just have never bothered. Um, yeah. But I do love that reaction that. so much. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I like creating, uh, uh, I don't know what that would be. It's sort of a malicious uh, instinct, I guess. <laughs> yeah, you like making, you're, you like to create chaos, Cozy. That's, yes. we get it. That's what it is. That's exactly it. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I think uh, I guess my going into my fifth reason for liking Blues Brothers, it's uh, the directing for me. Uh, I think everything is just so like natural feeling. Like there's nothing like the the performances are great, and I think like that is you know a, a whole reason in in and of itself. But I think the directing of everybody who's not an actor, um, plus all of the the just the way it all comes together, this like the chases, um, everything is so kind of like seamless to me that I have to give credit to uh, Landis for uh, crafting this movie, uh, which has kind of got a lot going on when we talk, when we kind of like mention these things of like, yeah, Nazis, country band. (laughs) There is so much happening. (laughs) There's so much happening in this movie. Uh, An orphanage, (laughs) nuns, a gospel church. Like there's so many things that are like going on in this, but it's like, it all like works. Yeah. Oh, I like that. Absolutely agree. Absolutely agree. It's, uh, it's so well done. Um, uh, my my fifth reason is Dan Aykroyd dancing. <laughs> I mean, it's bad, but it's great. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so curious. What type of bad is it? Um, like intentionally bad. Oh, that's a good time. <laughs> like, uh, like he's just doing like a lot of leg, like like keeping the head still, moving the legs, keeping the body still, moving the arms, like big wild movements that don't really make sense, but they work. Um, And it's anytime that he dances, it's crazy. But specifically in the last uh, set, big set piece, when when they're um, on stage in the music hall, it's 
it is wild and it is great. I'm trying to think of like Ackroyd specifically because I feel like I'm always just picturing them dancing together and those moves are pretty ridiculous and like yeah, and it's, like, it's they're they're both doing the same moves on that, but like I just feel like Dan Aykroyd is funnier than Belushi at it. Yeah. I love yeah. Belushi too. That's not a, a a knock. It's just like seeing this tall, lanky man <laughs> doing these moves is so funny. Yeah, yes. I mean, like Aykroyd wasn't as much of a physical comedy guy, so when he does it, I bet it stands out more. Yeah, I think that's yeah. exactly what it is. Oh, that's, that's what, true. same with me. I, whenever whenever I do dumb stuff on stage that's physical, people are like, "Wow!" and I'm like, "I hate <laughs> this." No, I'm very verbal. <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> yeah, they're uh, they're dancing in that movie is is like definitely. Uh, it's a reason on its own compared to like the really like amazing dancing of everyone else. And then they're kind of doing these almost like line dance kind of moves. Yes. <laughs> that's like how I can describe it where it's like, they just got taught a line dance before, but that's like their characters. They're just like <laughs> as much as, as deadpan and as calm as they are in the movie, like their dancing reads the same way where it's just like, this is a dance. <laughs> yeah. uh, we're on yeah, a mission exactly. from God. <laughs> exactly. Specifically in the Aretha Franklin one where she and her backup singers are like, putting on a show and then uh 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 belushi and Aykroyd are just kind of like doing two-step clap two-step clap but <laughs> yes. it's like it's so good it's so good. and then the guy on the uh, getting up on the bar with the saxophone oh man i love him yes uh, i talked about him already <laughs> but he should be a reason on his own honestly he should be he should be <laughs> yeah um so yeah i think my other bonus reason is that just like it showcases uh chicago it's just like all chicago pride movie like i've never been to chicago but like i think it's kind of uh uh cool how they just like set everything in the city and um uh just like all these like super insane coordinated stunts and chases and like the amount of extras in this movie and oh my god cop cars like yeah it's a uh, I I was trying to look up the budget of this movie, um, the but I can't find it. Oh, but I'm no. sure it's insane. <laughs> yeah, it's got to be. It's got to be pretty good because, like, even just the shake your tail feather scene, um, uh, the dance sequence for that is like they've got like this whole <laughs> the whole city is dancing to the song, and you can see it all. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, ooh. oh, I found the production budget. It's twenty seven million. Nice. Yeah, for that's for the time. That's pretty good. It is pretty good. I'm yeah. I'm wondering if that's accurate because I'm like it doesn't seem that way when you watch it. Um, Interesting. Yeah, so cozy. Do you have any more bonus or do you have any more uh, reasons, Ezra? Um, I could throw a bonus reason in there. Uh, um, um, the, uh, the there's there's so much like fighting the man in this movie. Ooh, like, yes. like the, the all cops are bastards and they fuck up the, pa- the, the cops, uh, uh, yeah. so much in this movie. They, uh, they fuck up the Nazis in this movie. They fuck up the country singers who are like white supremacy kind of in this movie. Ooh, yeah, they, okay. Like they, they pose as a band to, as the, as the country band to like, I guess taking money from a small business owner isn't really, (laughs) but, but like to get themselves paid, uh, and it's all done because they're on a mission from God. Yes. Yes. That's a great bonus reason. Yes. They are fighting the man a lot in this and yes, somehow are also under the big man himself because they're on a mission (laughs) from God. The FBI gets involved at one point, don't they? And the army. And the army. Yeah, of course. Of course. Of course. (laughs) So they are literally fighting. And then like that's, that plays into the back into the deadpan because that whole scene at the, it's like, it's just, there's, you get all of the, 
the the forces of yeah army you get like the SWAT you get cops all of this in here yeah Nazis and it's just the way that that they just so calmly like go about this they're like I mean I know you talk about how you'll never see Die Hard but I always think Bruce Willis in like any like action movie he's in is like super calm and just like that's how the Blues Brothers are in like mm-hmm. the midst of all this chaos oh yeah well and I mean Fifth Element the Fifth Element yes yes that's that's just a Bruce Willis trait yeah. <laughs> Um, but, uh, that no, definitely a lot of, uh, a lot of fighting the man and, uh, like the religious sort of like theme and like the, that the slogan of this movie basically is, is like, we are on a mission from God, but mm-hmm. it does not really feel at all religious <laughs> once you get into it. Um, so cozy, are you, uh, convinced? Will you watch the blues brothers? Hmm. So here's my, here are my thoughts on this one. I, I like uh, I like that they're fighting uh, people who definitely deserve to be fought. That's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, and I I like uh, let's see. I really like the the deadpan stuff. That I feel like that sells me on it because that gives me a really good taste of the humor in it. And that's really what I was wondering about this one. And I think yeah, I would definitely like. I think what I'm most excited about is. Of course, watching Danny DeVito reprise his role as the Penguin. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, this sounds great. I am on board to see it. Yay. Good. We you did should. it. You're going to love it. Yes. Uh, yeah. And, and even if you, yeah, if you're not a fan of the blues, I think it's definitely still a movie you'll like really enjoy just because like every scene is so like, everything moves along so well. So you'll never be like, oh, this is such a long music scene or anything. Yeah, it sounds like it has a lot of momentum in, in it as a movie and like heightens in a way that a sketch would heighten just to it definitely. certain levels. Absolutely. Definitely. It definitely heightens a lot. Uh, yeah, that's very fun. Which, which I think is probably what did happen like what, when Ackroyd turned in the script to Landis. It probably was just like a ridiculous sketch that was like a long feature length <laughs> sketch and Landis was like, okay, well, let's make out a little bit of like buffer in here and, and make this actually work as let me put in a little bit of plot for you yeah <laughs> oh, i love it um so uh if you've seen this movie uh hit us up on facebook twitter instagram let us know what you think of it um if you haven't seen this movie uh or and you're like i don't ever want to see blues brothers ever, ever tell us why uh follow us on there tell us what we need to watch and uh join the facebook group to talk about movies with us and uh, now we get to recommend things. So, Ezra, do you have a, a recommendation for for our audience today? I do. I've been. I feel like there's. It's been a while since there's been like a, a sitcom that I really am like this one hits. Uh, and right now there are two, so I'm going to recommend both of them. Nice. Um, uh, that is Abbott Elementary and Grand Crew. Um, I'm loving them both. They're so good. Abbott elementary is, uh, Quinta Brunson is a teacher at an elementary school. Just like, she's like so peppy and excited to be a teacher. And the other teachers are like, okay, but it's actually hard. And then the principal is hilarious. Um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) and then grand crew is just like a bunch of friends who hang out at a wine bar, live in life. It's the basic formula, but it's, it's really well done. Um, and it stars a bunch of, a bunch of uh, comedians, a bunch of sweethearts. Absolutely. Love those who people. So deserve to, to be uh, at the center of their own show. And I'm, I'm really excited for, for them. I don't know them personally, but I'm excited for them. And I'm excited to, to see where the show goes. It's so funny right now. Mm-hmm. It can only get better. Oh. What do they uh, stream on or what, what network are they on? 
One's ABC, one's NBC. I don't remember which is which. Oh, no, I do. Okay. Grand Crew is NBC, and um, Abbott Elementary is ABC. Nice. Okay. Yeah, I've heard uh, heard a lot of good things about both, uh, and I, I definitely feel bad not supporting Grand Crew folks because they're all wonderful human beings. Uh, I will have to watch that. I've been very lazy about supporting friends, as I should. <laughs> no, I mean, hey, the, the support counts at any time, I think. It's true. Yeah. Like, I'm finally, I think, about to start watching Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, and I feel very bad <laughs> about having taken that long. There's just oh, a lot wow. that's going on. I, I feel constantly bad for not, like, listening to enough podcasts that my friends have done or, like, shows. And I'm like, there's just so much, you know? And we're all trying mm. to do the same thing. You can only do uh, do what you can without that's that's sacrificing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I know. I know Kita was, um, uh, or uh, I don't even know how to pronounce her name correctly. That's how little I know her. But I know that <laughs> um, she came to an audition for the improv space when I was on a house team there. And I was like, oh, she's very funny. And like she got on, then she like left pretty quick after that. And I think after that, like went viral and everyone started loving her. And I'm like, good. She was really good. <laughs> so yeah. I'm happy to see her killing it. Amazing. Good. Yeah. Absolutely. She was so good on uh, Black Lady Sketch Show uh, that then she, uh, on season one, that then she had to leave for season two because she got her own show. So oh, absolutely. that would do love it. Right. Yeah. You love it when it's like they leave for a reason like that where they're just getting yeah. a recognition. <laughs> and then they replaced her with Lacey Mosley, who I have never met, but was always around UCB when I was there. Yeah, Lacey's great. Very cool. Yeah. She's someone I've always, al- I've almost met so many times. Like, <laughs> Even during the, like during right at right after right before Omicron, right when there were like comedy shows happening again, um, I went and saw her do a bunch of shows, and I was like, maybe I'll meet her this time. And then instead, I probably <laughs> said, "Great job!" And she's like, "Thanks!" And then immediately moved to other things. I'm like, ah, oh, almost met you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that. I'm unfamiliar with most of these people unless like I've seen them in a show already because like I. I've never been like in the UCB or basically the pack is my only like comedy experience. So I'm like, (laughs) Oh, it's exciting for me to just like know people that know have like been in the spaces of these people too. So yeah, it's, it's, it's it's cool to, yeah. To be in this world of, uh, of comedy. Oh, it's so nice. And and also like, I, you love seeing people who are like the, the group that was there before you succeed. Yes. Uh, it kind of gives hope for the group that you're with to succeed as well. You know what I mean? Like, like yes. people from our generation of comedians <laughs> will be them someday. It's, yeah. it's true. And it's weird to have done a lot of generations of that. <laughs> That's okay. Uh, it's kind you, of, you know. it's yeah. kind of funny yeah. and I kind of love it. And I'm like, I wonder which part I, which one I will be part of, you know, it's mm-hmm. sort of like you see, you see Cruz and you're like, oh, that's like a brat pack of this thing. And then you see it later and you're like, oh, this is the new brat pack of this thing. And you're like, oh, it just keeps going. It's very mm-hmm. exciting. Yeah. Um, it's, nice to span, it's nice to span it a little bit. But at the same time, I'm always like, hmm, I wonder which one I'll end up with. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. You, never, you never know. And that's the thing is like that's what's crazy about how all these like people's careers sort of uh, take off. It's like sometimes it takes so long and then other times it's like, one little video goes viral. And then like, now that we have like, yeah, even more than YouTube, it's like so many people getting like this recognition off of like other, I wish I liked social media more because like, it does seem like a lot of people are breaking out that way. Oh, sure. More than ever. Right. I I feel like that's just going to continue going on an upward slope for literally ever. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Before, I mean, the TikTok is like sort of like the new vine when that was a thing. And 
I feel like TikTok might stick around for a while, but who knows? Yeah, there's probably going to be some other new thing that comes up where you have to be on there to like, you know. Oh, there's always going to be so many other things. I feel like it's just going to keep adding and adding and some will stick around and some will disappear and all that. But like Facebook is pretty old at this point. Instagram is pretty old. Like Twitter, they've all, those are the ones that stuck around have stuck around. Yeah, my fr- I have a couple friends who still use Snapchat. And to me, that seems like, I'm like, Snapchat? Like, I only have a Snapchat for this these two friends who don't have any other social media. But it feels like, it feels like I'm going into like a time cap, like a time capsule when I use Snapchat. <laughs> That's amazing. Um, uh, so, Cozy, what is uh, what, what recommendation do you have for this week? Well, uh, speaking of music, I have another music recommendation. Um, mm-hmm. This is a song that I heard on a compilation series called make your own comp but the own is spelled a-n-e because it's like scottish sort of but Mm -hmm. not all of it it's it's kind of all over the place but this band is um my recommendation is the song busy girls lament by joyce delaney um it's a queer glaswegian brat punk band uh (laughs) which is already great uh and it's about being the type of woman who has that need to constantly be busy at the cost of friendships and sleep um, I feel like I know a lot of women like that and it feels very unrepresented, underrepresented. So I was really happy to be like, oh, this is a song about these people. I want these people to hear this. So if, if people out there feel like they are uh, a busy girl, uh, whatever the real phrase would be for that, someone who is constantly busy and burning out, uh, listen to Busy Girls Lament by Joyce Delaney. That's so funny because my uh, recommendation also has to do with... Um being burnt out and overworking and it's a it's that book by celeste headley do nothing oh okay Um, i know that one yeah it's basically about how it's like just the importance of of breaking away whether it's you know a few minutes a day or just like giving yourself that time to to break away from overworking and uh overdoing things to the point of burnout because like in in this book like she talks about her experience where she was just constantly doing things she was like she had like a ted talk that went big and then uh Mm. she was just constantly booking things and just always busy busy plus being a single mom and uh just like got really sick like it was just like bringing down her immune system to a point where like she just didn't know why she was getting sick and it was because she was just like the like her body was just constantly high stress and even though she like it's like there's nothing wrong with with being like a uh, a hard worker and and working and wanting to like you know pursue something but there is a toxicity to hustle culture and it's important to to take a break and I've like sort of realized that even recently just with with everything that I've gone through like the past like uh, these past few months, I'm like, mm-hmm. Oh my God, like I have to, uh, like you, you can't like things happen, life happens and you, it's okay to step away from things to take mm-hmm. care of yourself. Oh, absolutely. So important. Like uh-huh. it's, it's impossible to find a balance, but recognizing when things are very imbalanced is very possible <laughs> and extremely yes. helpful. Uh, yeah. And whenever I'm too far in one direction, I'm always like, I know if I let up a little in one direction, it won't consume me. I won't immediately like pendulum over to the other side. I'll just be more balanced. But that's yeah. the fear. <laughs> right. I know I like penduluming because it's like very, uh, it's just dramatic, you know, it's, it's so fun dramatic. to be like, I'm working all the time. And then just being like, I disappeared and like moved to Alaska and get get off the grid <laughs> and do like a Chris McCandless and, and just uh, throw up my phone into the ocean and like, oh, what happened to Brie? Yeah. Oh yeah. She just lives in a, 
boxcar in the forest now. <laughs> with so many other, with so many children. <laughs> with, with a lot of children. <laughs> you all solving yes. mysteries now. I like it. I like it. <laughs> yes. Um, oh, full circle. Balance. Doing that good work. <laughs> yes. Uh, so now, time for plugs. Um, Ezra, do you have anything to plug? Um, yeah, I mean, definitely, uh, if you want to check out that Jack Harlow nail tech video or Charlie Puth's light switch video, uh, and, and just to, just to maybe catch a glimpse of me or enjoy the music either way, uh, I recommend that. And then I am at Ezra Partier on Instagram at Ezra Parter on TikTok and Twitter. And, uh, uh, the main thing I'm doing right now, uh, I've got sketch stuff coming. I'm so excited about fever. Brie, we're gonna have a great time once we go live in March. Um, but the main thing I've got going online right now is the Daily Misinformer at Daily Misinformer on TikTok, um, DailyMisinformer.com for the podcast. It's also everywhere podcasts are found, but I don't have like an easy way to link to that. <laughs> um, uh, and that's like news satire, news commentary. It's it's uh, if you like politics and you like comedy, it's a good place to go. Not politics, but like news, I guess, pop culture news, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. The TikTok is freeze on it too. It's great. I am yes. Uh, so my plugs are probably very similar to, <laughs> <laughs> uh, which is uh, yes, Fever. Um, we have our live show on the thirteenth, I believe. March That's 13th? right. Yes, um, at nine p.m. 9 p.m. Uh, so that should be fun. Both we'll, once we figure out the the whole ticketing situation, then uh, that'll be a new thing to figure out. But uh, it should be fun, <laughs> live comedy, yay! Uh, and then always like online social media. Um, I'm at Brindiana Jones. Speaking of Indiana Jones, <laughs> uh, <laughs> and uh, on the Daily Misinformer also is uh, is great. A lot of funny people on there. And yes, I will plug that as well. Uh, Cozy, how about you? Oh my God, I have live things again. I'm shocked. I'm in shock. I yes. I've spent all of January like boiling and just being ready to fucking be funny on a stage again i have all my patience that i thought i had like during the other parts of the pandemic it's all disappeared during january so mm. i'm really really ready to exist again um and what i'm starting with is uh crash this party my like 10 year old at this point i think um maybe maybe 10 years old i we i think it is officially nine or 10. Um, it's gotta be, it's one of those, but, um, yeah, my variety show that's old. Um, we're, we're starting up again this Wednesday, February 23rd at the clubhouse, 1607 North Vermont Avenue in Los Angeles, California, upstairs. Um, we're doing our musical Valentine show. It is our ninth annual musical Valentine show. So we are at least nine years old. Wow. Um, yeah, it's crazy. It's very crazy. Uh, we're going to have Adele Dazim doing musical improv. They're really great. Uh, we're going to have a, a group called Shoot the Moon do musical improv. They're also very great. Uh, we're going to have musical comedy from Jen Liv, who plays music and is funny. Uh, sometimes there is an accordion involved, but not always. Uh, she's very talented and hilarious. And my improv team, Sweet Dalai Lama, is going to be doing improv on a stage again. Oh, my God. I truly can't wait. 8 p.m. Uh, donations accepted, etc. <laughs> Yay. Awesome. Oh, I can't wait. Um, yeah. Hopefully this is just the start because, as previously mentioned, the pack is coming back in March 
Uh, I think I will have two shows there and that is, I'm still processing. (laughs) Yeah. It's amazing. I'm I'm like nerve, really nervous uh, just because it's been so long and I'm like, I have to memorize sketches again. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Just (laughs) being around people. I am still not used to it at all. Yeah, totally. (laughs) have to shut down that part of my brain that is like, no, no, go home, live in your cave. (laughs) Right. Well, I know. I hope everyone who's listening is vaccinated or and boosted. Yes. But uh, yeah, because uh, I mean, that's when people feel will feel feel more comfortable, kind of getting back to this normal again. Is like you know, the more people that are vaccinated, the easier it is to to get there. Yeah, I that's think. the requirement Absolutely. for accessing this type of normal. Get 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 safe if you're not already safe. <laughs> yes, please. please. Um, or else you're gonna have FOMO. Yeah, and you don't want that. or you'll just be hanging out Fomo with all your weird and COVID. Yeah, yes. all, the <laughs> all the alphabets of stuff. Um, FOMO is also a symptom of COVID. No I think Vomicron <laughs> is something I came up with the other day. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Yes, but is, and see, I've been saying Omicron, and I hear people say Omicron, but. Uh, I don't know. I, I'm sure there's a correct version, but I also don't know what it is because I it's it's however other Greek letters are pronounced. It's like whatever the um, the vowels are for those people, like or, yeah. or for, for omega. So probably omicron. Yeah, right? omicron, I feel yeah. like there's a pretty good chance of that because there are some languages where it's like it's a e a o u or a e e o u or something like that, Italian. And I feel like a lot of the Romance languages kind of jump in there, and it's it's usually very reliable. Bromicron. Nailed it. Where, yes. Um, anyway, uh, I think, yeah, we got all of our plugs. Uh, that's 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 it for me. I think, we, yeah, Ezra and I have basically the same plugs. <laughs> Cozy, did you have any more, any other plugs? No, not yet. You know, I'm, I'm doing, of course, I'm doing this Jam every week still uh, online. Um, if you want to find us on Facebook, do that and come do musical or do non-musical improv with us. Um, uh, but yeah, listen to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yes yes uh if you uh, if you like it uh leave us a five-star rating that helps boost uh, boost the podcast in general leave a review subscribe um and if uh if you leave a review we'll read it on the air on the air on special the- thanks to our editor pete burns thank you pete. thank you hi pete <laughs> <laughs> and thank you, Ezra, for being on our show. Yes. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. This was a blast. I'm glad that I've managed to create another fan of the Blues Brothers. And I, I'm going to go out on a limb and say you are already a fan. Oh, I love it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I want to rewatch it now. It's like it's. I got excited talking about like the reasons and how easily they all kind of like fit together. It's like, yeah, this movie's a, a keeper. A gem. A gem. Uh, <laughs> so thanks so much for listening to uh, You Need to See This. Bye. Bye. Goodbye. <laughs> First you trade the Cadillac for a microphone. Then you lie to me about the band. Now you're going to put me right back in the joint. They're not going to catch us. We're on a mission from God. and six miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it.